you're listening to the 7200 Seconds Podcast with Coach Dante and Key. Tune in right now. It's me, it's me, it's Keem, we're back, we're in the building with another 7200 seconds podcast, and as always, I got my guy, Coach Dante, is always in the building. Coach, what is going on, man? What is good, what is good, what's the fucking deal, YouTube, Sports Empire Network, Key in the building, uh, awesome, happy that the goddamn Texan season over, uh, for sure about that one. Uh, and I, like I said, I told you, it's still a travesty. You ain't got the World Series champions in the intro. It's still a travesty on that part, but oh, come, come I'm, ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I, 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 every, every, every Tuesday that I'm in the backstage dancing, y'all don't see me, but the, the, it's the intro. I'm always doing yep. that. Uh, but shout out to everyone in the chat. We got, I got Gene in the chat. We got Jeremy. Shana, she's always here in the love in the comments. I appreciate yep. y'all. Uh, yep. We got a jam-packed eventful show today um but right off the bat coach we gonna start off with the natty last night oh my god you called that game you had to sit through that mer- you, you, I know do you we have to call do we have to talk about this game actually what more can you say on the tcu side I, I know you had to call this game and i know you wanted to hit that mercy rule um but that is the most that anybody's ever lost in history 62 points, 60, what was it, 65-7, 62-7? Yep, all I say got that bad last night. For uh, those of you who watched the game, who expected to see the game, um, Georgia came out from the jump, jumped on them. Stinson Benning looked awesome last night with his legs and his arm. Uh, The tight end, Brock Bowers, who's a – Top tight end drop prospect uh, went crazy. Uh, I keep forgetting number eighty four name, but he went uh, crazy last night. This George McConnell, Mc something. Yeah, he went crazy. He went crazy. Uh, he went crazy as well. But oh, that's the thing. Yeah, the the defense was solid. Forced Max Duggan into two turnovers. Max Duggan um, had his worst, probably almost his. One of his worst games of the season. Uh, Quentin Johnston couldn't get open at all. Their best receiver. But coming into this game, I I, I knew Georgia was going to be on point tonight because, first of all, TCU is not Ohio State. Ohio is a big difference from TCU and Ohio State, why they scored that, why this Ohio State was to stick with them. And it was scaring a lot of fans that Ohio State could win that game. You got a great quarterback in C.J. Stroud. 
You got uh, the top one of the top the top two wide receiver in the country and Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, you have uh, Jason Smith, the Gemma didn't even play. Anderson didn't, uh, didn't even, Henderson didn't even play in the game. But they got a top offensive line in the country, the best receiving core, arguably the best receiving core in the country. To, to me, Ohio State has the best receiving room. You got a great tight end, a Stovert, uh, Fleming, you know, all of those guys, man. So, and that's one thing when I looked at in that game, when that game, when that game was uh, presented towards Georgia and Ohio State, how was this Georgia uh, secondary matchup against Ohio State? Ohio State won some battles in that. Stinson Bennett taking them down the field to get a field goal, but TCU don't have that. Outside of Quentin Johnston, you don't have that too many weapons against a Georgia defense, against a guy during Georgia defense who's really good at, with Killy Ringo coming out this year with as one of the top corners in the draft. So from start to finish, Georgia pound them. They jumped on them. And I say TCU just with no answer and no match for them. They were outmatched. They was outclassed, out physical, and many people thought TCU could really win that game because what Ohio State did to them, but TCU doesn't have the best receiving core in college football to even present damage from uh, Ohio State has the best receiving core in football. That's why they were able to do what they did, do what they did as well. So, other than that, congratulations to Kirby Smart, Stinson Bennett, that Georgia team, that was a horrendous beatdown. It's like when you playing box. It's like when you boxing, and not only you get you're not getting a knockout, but when you TK, what's worse, you get punished for all twelve rounds. They got punished for all four quarters. They got punished even by the uh even by the backups. They got punished for all four quarters. And hey, Georgia made it seem like TCU shouldn't even been down. You know, most definitely. Um. I don't even know if I want to stats. <laughs> like I, I don't want to get into the stats, but I'm but I'm going to. Max Duggan, 14 of 22, only 152 yards, two picks. Um, running game really wasn't going for, for uh Demarcado. He only had 59 rushing yards. And plus they was missing their main running back. It looks like he was hurt from the semifinal game. Um Johnston really didn't go off. He only had three, he only had one catch for, for three yards. They had to do it with Darius Davis, five catches, 101 yards. Um, so it, it was just crazy. And on Georgia's side of the ball, we got Stetson Bennett, tw- uh, 18 for 25, 304, four touchdowns. Um, Kenny McIntosh, he had he they spread the ball around in this um deep in this offense with the receivers. Everybody ate. Bowers, Brock Bowers, seven catches, 152 yards, and a touchdown. And Lad McConkey, five catches, and he had two touchdowns. Mitchell had a touchdown. McConkey had that wide open touchdown that something happened in the secondary that broke down with TCU. Left that man. <laughs> After that, I knew it was going to be a long night of TCU. But go to going to Anthony Price's question: Where would where would TCU be ranked next year? It's hard to tell. It's hard to say. We, I will have to answer that next year. I want to come out as being wrong or nothing on that part. We'll just have to wait till next year to see what they be ranking. And uh, I know they got questions about the uh, playoff with a twelve team. Also, for the twelve team playoff, make things better. 
Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't entertain it. I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be mad if they entertain it. Um, I wouldn't mind if they do a top eight. I wouldn't mind if they do. You know, do a top eight. I wouldn't mind if they do a top eight. The top eight teams. But I know it's gonna happen at some point. I know it's gonna happen at some point. They're gonna they're gonna uh, do that. And like I say, I would like that. I would like that to happen. I don't know. Either this year or next year. Either this year or next year, I think that twelve team playoff starts, which would definitely be interesting. Um, I don't think you'll just see your your same teams. You're gonna you're gonna get some underdogs. You're gonna get some. you're going to get some other teams in there. And exactly, AP, I don't want no blowout games. So those things ain't, they ain't fun whatsoever. Blowouts is horrible. Like, <laughs> um, but speaking of that, Dante, since Georgia is back-to-back champs and they're actually stated to win again next year, they're their favorites to win it again next year, have the Georgia Bulldogs replaced the Roll Tide as being the most dominant team in uh, college football right now? As of right now, you can say they're the most dominant team, but I'm not going to say replace them. I'm not going to say replace them. They still got a lot of work to do, but I will say they're the do- most dominant team in college football. As of right now, I wouldn't say they replace them as, as uh, you know, as a do- as uh, in over Alabama. I wouldn't say replace them over Alabama. As the most dominant team of all time in college football, I would say they're the most dominant team now in this stage. Oh, Jeremy says Coach Prime's gonna put a stop to that. All right, and Jeremy, shout out to Jeremy. He he does represent of all uh, Colorado except for the Rockies. Uh, so you know, of course, he's gonna go vouch for Coach Prime in the Colorado. I am excited to see what's gonna go on happen up there with Colorado and uh, Dion up there. Um, but who gets drafted first? You think it's gonna be Stetson Bennett or Max Duggan? Max Duggan. I think he gets drafted first. I think Stenson Bennett may be a fifth or sixth round pick at best. Well, you I think, think Duggan's going to go late, late second round, somewhere in the second, third I round? I think Duggan is going to go between the second and the third round. Somebody's going – some team's going to go out and, and get him. Uh, Somebody's going to pick him up. Yep. So we already know that Jalen Carter is going to declare um, in this year's draft. Like you said, he's one of the top uh, linemen out there. And so is uh, Keely Ringo. He's already declared. Um, Blake Corum and Cam Rising are returning back to their teams, going back to Utah and Michigan. Good or bad move? Uh, I think that that could be a good move for them. That could be a good move for them. Blake Corum got injured. Got injured. He didn't get a chance to play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, uh, Stinson is only is twenty five still in college. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Uh yeah, so I think it's a good move. I, I'm 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 okay with the move of them returning back to college. Cam Rising got knocked up out of the game in the Rose Bowl. Blake Corm played hurt, like he was hurt right after the Illinois uh, football game. So I think uh it's a, it's a good move. It's pretty much a good move. It's a solid move. I, I don't mind in there. He says so. He a super super senior. Yeah, this is his final uh year. So. Um. He didn't say if he's going to declare or not, but you might see Stetson Bennett in, in the NFL. Do you think he's a quality starter, or will he be uh, somebody's backup? Like, do you you think, yeah, I think Stetson, Bennett, in, in Stetson Bennett is backup? It's going to be backup, backup quarterback. 
All right, y'all. I had to get the college out the way first. So we, we got that out the way. But the NFL regular season is over. Week 18. Um, we've seen some highs in week 18. We've seen some lows. We've seen some spoilers in week 18. Um, not gonna go through everything in week 18, but you know, everybody rested some teams rested their starters, some teams didn't, some teams had trouble with the backups. I.e., my Philadelphia Eagles, we still won the game, got number one seed, NFC East. Let's talk about the Cowboys. The Cowboys had all their starters in, and they get beat by a third stringer in Sam Howe, who could be possibly the future uh, for this Washington team. And speaking of Washington, Washington is clearing house of their offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, Dante. Is Rivera on his way out? Yes, he's next. He ain't safe. I don't think Rivera's safe. He's next. Uh, well, if anybody got information they know about Ron Rivera, Martin will tell you. Martin will tell you that he wants that man fired. Martin will tell and Remo will tell you they want that man fired. And I wouldn't be mad if they fire him. If they fire him, uh, he definitely seems in his last press conference uh, that he he's by him saying he didn't know that they were fighting for a playoff spot. But you a head coach of the commanders and not knowing even the players probably knew that they were fighting for the playoffs. But you don't, you don't think about that because you're trying to get the players ready. You're trying to do whatever it takes to go out there and get a win every Sunday. So you don't think playoffs, you don't think playoffs like right then and now, but in your mind, you know, when you're fighting for a playoff spot, you know, when you need, you know, when you need a win, you know, you listen to NFL network or ESPN network. You do definitely do listen today. You know, people say they don't pay much attention. You, yes, they do. Yes. Some players do. So, at the end of the day, um, Robert Rivera, since the Super Bowl year, has regressed as a head coach, and I think it's time for uh, some uh, new blood in uh, Washington. And Washington got a solid football team. They just got to get the quarterback situation right. And Sam Howell looked it pretty okay. He looked it pretty okay against the Dallas Cowboys. And we're going to see if the Washington commanders give, the, give him an opportunity. A lot of People say they think they should draft a quarterback in the draft. Washington Commanders will be tricky, man. They will be absolutely tricky. I don't think they will actually need to draft a quarterback. Uh, if they're going to draft one, they probably will draft one late, late in the in a later round somewhere. I'll probably get one in free agency if they do get a, a quarterback, decide to get a quarterback. But those one of those teams in the draft, you don't, they don't, they really don't need a quarterback. Do Sam Howell out there with that with Dallas? Go ahead and give him a shot. Go ahead and give him a shot. See what he has. Also, shout out man and Terry McLaurin again, breaking the thousand uh, yard mark yet again and receiving. The man has done it every year, and y'all nobody really gives him really credit, and he really gives him credit, mind you. His quarterback hasn't been consistent, and for him to be able to do that each and every time, each and every year, I think this is his fourth year he's done it. Um, yeah. has to say something about Terry McLaurin, and that's why Washington paid him the money. Um, now, if he can just get a steady receiver that he got some chemistry with, that's going to be a, a, a doggone good duo in Washington, the, whoever the quarterback is, and, and Terry McLaurin. Um, so, again, shout out to Scary Terry for breaking over 1,000 yards yet again um, this season. Coach, playoffs, uh, wild card weekend is here. Uh, AFC, we got, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs having the first round bye, so they do have that week off. We got three games as well, three games and one on Monday. So we got the four seed in the Jaguars going up against the Chargers. 
we got the uh, Baltimore Ravens going up against the Bengals, and also we got who am I missing? Hold on. Oh, I ain't missing nobody. All right. Oh, the Bills and the Dolphins. Um, we got that coming up. Uh, for Sunday, for Saturday, we got the Seahawks and the 49ers and the Jaguars and the Chargers. Now, y'all thinking, what? No Green Bay in the seventh seed? What happened? Well, if y'all was under a rock, week 17, week 18 was definitely a spoiler between the Green Bay Packers and the Lions. Now, some could say that the Rams got robbed in that game against the Seahawks. It was very controversial, um, but the Seahawks pulled that game off. Seahawks had to win that game for at least for them to have a chance. Now, here comes Green Bay and the Lions. Now, since uh, the Seahawks won, it was all up against – they had to – They had to, the Seahawks had to be Lions fans. And what do you know? The Lions pulled it out and sent Aaron Rodgers home. Um, so the Seahawks were now in the playoffs. They got their last and seventh seed against the 49ers. Another NFC West Division matchup. Dante, who you like against the uh, Seahawks and the 49ers? I like the 49ers. At, at home, at home, I like the 49ers uh, to win this game. Uh, the running game is going to be heavily involved. With Christian McCaffrey has been rejuvenated since he uh, left uh, Carolina. Uh, with Elijah Mitchell in the backfield, uh, Brandon Ayuk with um, George Kittle, George Kittle ability to catch, catch and block. Brock Purdy continues to be uh, pretty, pretty deep, pretty decent on the football field and not turning it over. Uh, I got care. I got. Um, I got San Francisco. I got San Francisco. Man, they're they're too. They're they're the hottest team. In, in football right now. I'm definitely going to go with you and agree with you here. San Fran, um, definitely with Brock Purdy, went from Mr. Relevant to Mr. Relevant, continues to do what he does each and every game. People are already doubting him. Oh, Brock Purdy, I don't think he's going to, you know, make so much noise. He don't have to. All he got to do is go in there and play his game. He got George Kittle. He's getting Debo Samuel back. He got CMC and Christian McCaffrey. He got a good offense. I mean, good defense and uh, Nick Bosa and uh, Fred Warren and those guys. Don't forget about Brandon Ayuk, who's come alive since Debo went out. So they definitely got some playmakers, and Purdy is getting the job done. I am going with the uh, 49ers here as well. Will it be a blowout? I don't know. It, it's it's kind of iffy with Seattle. Sometimes they can be lit. Sometimes they can be on it. We don't know. We all know Kenneth Walker, uh, the third is a stud, the rookie running back. We all know what DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett can do. <clears throat> and you got Geno Smith. And then on the defensive side, you know, they're kind of, uh, you know, uppy. But, you know, we got uh, Terry Woodland, who is definitely a stud back there, uh, rookie there. Um, next game on the docket for Saturday is – the Chargers and the Jags. Now, we didn't think the Jags was going to get in it, but Tennessee all pretty much all season had that AFC South locked up, and then they went on a seven-game losing streak, and the Jags take it over and win that game um, week 18 again. The Jags offensively didn't look good, and we get a defense kept a minute and won this game. So, Dante, who are you picking between the Jags and the, and the Chargers? I'm going to take the Chargers. In this game, I think it's on the road because yeah, it's, it's at Jacksonville. Jacksonville because Jacksonville got one of the division. Actually, I'm going to take the Chargers to win this game. Uh, Justin Herbert first playoff game 
uh, Keenan Allen, these wide receivers. I trust them against, you know, Jacksonville secondary and Austin Egler. Trust him a lot. Trust him a lot. When he's not running the ball really good, he's going to be effective in the game because he can catch out of the backfield. He can play like a receiver. And you get to see Khalil Mack and Bosa wreak havoc on the defensive line, on the defensive line. Uh, so uh, I'm taking the Chargers to win this uh, football game. I think it's going to be a close game. Something in my heart <laughs> is saying that I want to pick the Jags in this game. I'm going to go pick the Jags in this game just just, just because. Um, the Chargers not going to have Mikey, Mikey Williams. I know they're still going to have Keenan Allen. They're still going to have Palmer. Um yeah, I didn't know they were gonna have Mike Williams. I didn't know he went back hurt. Rasha, uh, Rashawn Slater, he is he can come back, but he's not gonna be ready this game. If they move on, he'll be ready the next game. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence gotta play solid offense, like he you know make the good decisions. Still got Travis Etienne, Zay Jones is a, a good receiver. They got connections, um, but I know this Charger defense is still gonna come at him. But something in my heart is going to say the Jags are going to win this by, uh, you know, it's going to come back and win this game. It's going to be close. It's going to come down in possession. I think the Jags is going to pull it off the way that defense was playing against Tennessee. I know it was Tennessee, but still the defense um, won it for them. So I'm going to go and say the Jags is going to at least, is going to pull, it's going to come from behind them in this game. All right. So moving on to Sunday's game. We got three games for Sunday, um, and I did put a community tab post out, and they want me to do the Ravens and Bengals, so I'm going to do that game on a Sunday night. And uh, I forgot to say, y'all, we are also on the Sports Empire Network um, as well, streaming over there, so make sure the link's in the description. Uh, you subscribe uh, to the channel. Big thing is coming up on the Empire. Big thing is coming up. All right, so we got the Dolphins and the Bills. Now, the Bills, Week 18, you know, Prayers goes out to Demar Hamlin. He has been released from the hospital, but he's back in Buffalo getting more tests done. But things are looking up. He's he he got released. He was talking to his teammates on Facetime. Um, he put out a tweet. So things are looking up for uh, Demar Hamlin, but still continue to put those prayers out for three out there. Um, Nine Hines took it to the crib twice um, against that against the the pet the Patriots last game. Um, and I knew this Bills team was going to come out firing. Now, knowing that they got Mara Hamlin in their corner and they're going to go all out, they're going to ball out this game. Miami don't have – it's not going to have Tua. Bridgeward is always getting hurt. He's out with a – something's wrong with his finger, thumb, something. So, again, they got to rely on Skylar Thompson. Who's winning this game, Dante? Um, uh, the, that's the Bills and uh, the Bills and Dolphins. I'm taking the Bills to win this game. Taking the Bills to win this game at home. Uh, I know the last time these two teams met, uh, they met uh, in Buffalo. Uh, my, the Buffalo Bills came out with it. But it's a difference between Tua and Skylar Thompson. Uh, Skylar Thompson. So I'm going to take Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills at home. Definitely. I'm taking the Bills here. Um if Thompson plays, it's I don't know how this this Miami team's going to be uh, without Tua. Uh, yes, they still got Tyreek Hill and and Waddle, but and uh, Jeff Wilson he probably get to start 
because Mostert's hurt again. Again, Mostert can't stay hurt. When most when Mostert's healthy, he's lights out. But he's he's broken something, a thumb or hand. He he's 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 always stay hurt. So you know what? I'm gonna take the Bills here as well. They move on to um the next round. We got the Giants and Minnesota. Now the first matchup, Minnesota all Minnesota won, but barely. Who are you taking in this game? This is my playoff upset pick of the uh, week. I'm taking the New York Giants to beat the uh, Minnesota Vikings. Um, last time these two teams met, uh, Minnesota just barely escaped on a long field goal. Basically, I think it was a long field goal, they, mm-hmm. a field goal attempt that they escaped on. And you look at how they the Giants lost that game. Yeah, Richie James dropped a wide open pass down the field. Uh, the Giants killed themselves with drops with a lot of drops and the defense giving up big plays and big time situations. So I'm going to take the Giants to win this game. This is my upset pick of the week. Giants versus Minnesota in Minnesota. Uh, I'm going for the New York Giants to win this football game. See, this is why we click so much Dante, because I'm also going the Giants is going to beat Minnesota. It's just something about Minnesota has not been with them all season. They, they, they win games. They ain't supposed to, then they get blown out and (laughs) Is Kirk Cousins going to be the answer still moving forward? We all know what Justin Jefferson can do. Dalvin Cook, we all know what he can do when he's healthy. Is he going to be able to stay healthy? K.J. Osborne, T.J. Hawkinson, Adam Thielen. It's the defense for me that's that's suspect. There's no way you should have been down 33 to nothing and had to come back to beat a Colts team. Um, It's just something in that defense I don't like, and I think the Giants is going to beat Minnesota. They're going to be one and done. That's that's. I've been as soon as I've seen the matchup, I'm like, the Giants got their match. They already had they they already faced them before. I know it's regular season and the playoffs was nothing, nothing, but they they know the team. And the Giants almost pulled it off. So I'm I'm going, I'm right with you going with uh the New York Giants. And then we got the Ravens and the Bengals. We don't know if Lamar Jackson's gonna play. He I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the situation is. With with Lamar Jackson, but he's going up against the Bengals and Joe Burrow. Who you got in this game? I got the Cincinnati Bengals. I got the Cincinnati Bengals beating uh, the Baltimore Ravens, regardless if Lamar Jackson does play football or not for them. I still got the uh, Bengals winning this game. Uh, that Super Bowl run really helped them. So now they got the experience. They got they have the experience of uh, now that they made it to a Super Bowl last year. Joe Burrow played some good football down the stretch. You know, they got to get Joe Mixon involved in a running game. They got two. They got three wide, great, decent, great wide receivers. Uh, T. Higgins, you know, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, uh, and a back, a solid backup running back in Samaj P. Ryan. So I'm going to take the ball. I'm going to take the uh, Cincinnati Bengals to win this game. I wouldn't be surprised if it kind of be a blowout, but I don't think it's going to be a blowout because I think the uh, – but the Ravens defense will be competitive. Will be competitive for a little stretch in the game. And by the way, they did an awesome job of locking up Roquan Smith that he really has helped when he since he went over out to Baltimore. So he de- definitely deserves to get his money. Uh get his money. So shout out to the Ravens for paying, you know, Roquan Smith. But I got the Cincinnati Bengals winning this game. I'm also taking the Bengals to win this game. Like you said, even with or without Lamar, um they're gonna win. Does Lamar being in there maybe increase Baltimore's chances? You can say that, but I still, like you said, it's not going to make a difference. Um, you know, plus Lamar hasn't been practicing, and that rust, when he gets in there, 
Um, you know, that PCL injury, his knee being swollen, he he, he he's not in uh, – he's having still having pain when he goes to make cuts. That's a big issue, knowing like Lamar Jackson likes to run. Um, so even with or without Lamar, the Bengals is winning this game still. Speaking of the Bengals, Dante, we just talked about Rokon Smith getting his bag today. Uh, where does that leave Lamar Jackson? Do do they pay him, or is this saying you know what we're going defensive side? We care about the defense. Um, we don't we we're not going to care to Lamar Jackson in the offense. Does this mean that he's on his way out, or they close to signing him? What what were you thinking that situation? They gave Rokon Smith. Well, I, I don't believe until I said that he's on his way out. I still don't. I don't believe he's on his way out. I believe they traded for you know Rokon Smith. For a reason, uh, and the Chicago Bears traded him for a reason uh, because they weren't going to pay him. They weren't going to pay him. And Roquan Smith, you know, you got a feeling he wants to kind of move on. Uh, so this was a perfect situation for Roquan Smith to come. Uh, but I don't think it's it's a sign to Lamar Jackson that they won't keep him. I think they'll find a way to keep him. Uh, what if they have to place the franchise tag on him or not? Uh, but Lamar Jackson is going to be hard to negotiate with him because. Again, he's his own agent. He knows his work, and you see how his worth is to the team. How it's, uh how he played a part when he got hurt. You see, they couldn't score point, put points on the board. You see, they had trouble moving the ball without him. Uh, they don't really have complement wide receivers. Uh, Bateman can't stay on the field. He got some upside, but he, he can no longer stay on the field. You see, Deshaun Jackson. I think he got released. I believe he yep. wasn't. He was a reliability out there when he was playing. So at the end of the day, they need to get Baltimore with what if they ever they decide to go, uh, they need they need to get some weapons. They need to get some weapons outside of Mark Andrews and Isaiah Lightly and uh, you know, JK Dobbins. They need to get some receiving help uh for regardless who's gonna be the quarterback of this team. But now nah, I think they're gonna talk to him, they're gonna find a way to pay him. And watch this. Watch when I say this. It's going to be 200 mil, not 230, not 250, but they're going to pay him 200 mil because he's valuable. He's valuable to the Baltimore Ravens. And but if nobody don't think he's valuable to that squad or not, hey, look at the last two years when uh, Jackson, Lamar Jackson, was out of the lineup. Yes, you can say he, he been, he's not been on the field, but when he has on the field, when he has been on the field, Baltimore last year was 8-3. and three. Baltimore was 8-3. and three. Uh, eight and three before he got hurt, and what they did, they missed the playoffs. This year, they barely made it in the playoffs. They barely made it in the playoffs when he went down. So again, they struggle. They struggle when Lamar Jackson is out. So uh, I think they're gonna negotiate, try to negotiate the best way they could, but he could make it hard because he is on agent. Definitely, uh, Biala link is in the description uh, for Coach Dante's channel as well, um, and it's right here on the screen, Co Coach Dante. I just put that in there. He'll, he'll come up. Um, but, no, the link is in the description uh, for Coach, uh, Coach's channel. Um, yeah, it's definitely up It's definitely up to Baltimore what they're going to do. Do they want to lose a Deshaun? Do they want to lose a Lamar Jackson and his type of caliber quarterback? Do they want to try to test free agency to get in a, a big name in there? Do they want to – Do they or are they going to pay him? Um. Again, he's not going to get that Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson type of money. I think that that, that window has sailed when he turned it down the first time. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll see what Baltimore does. Um, Dante, let's go into our little 
awards here on the 7200 seconds that we're going to do that we that we're starting up um i don't know if you got your handy dandy notebook and your list ready but i'm ready when you are I, i'm um, ready i'm ready i ain't got no, i ain't got the right to notes because i kind of i kind of got the players in my head who i know, who I know all right so not. of course we got best rookie in the nfc and afc uh in the nfc i got kenneth walker all right so in it in the nfc uh very underrated thousand yards thousand yards uh receiver i got chris Olave from the new orleans saints went over a thousand yards this year uh very good very good season uh drake london also had an underrated season over 866 yards but he plays for atlanta he plays for atlanta he ain't gonna get that recognition uh but i got chris Olave. I'm definitely going with uh, Walker again. Very underrated running back. Um, definitely, definitely. Um, he had over. He he hit the thousand yard mark this year. Thousand fifty to be exact. Nine touchdowns. Two hundred twenty eight care uh, attempts this year. Um, definitely some a running back they definitely was needed. Knowing that uh, Carson always got hurt. Penny can't stay healthy. He's definitely going to be a running back there for the future and out of Michigan State as well. Um, so my rookie of the year is going to uh, Kenneth Walker. Yep. So we got best defenders. Uh, I'm sorry. So we got to go to the AFC for the rookie side. I'm going to go with Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner has been tearing it up over there with the Jets, uh, even on the defensive end as well. Um, so I'm gonna go with Sauce. Sauce hasn't really gave up too many uh, touchdowns, so I'm, I'm gonna go with Amon Sauce Gardner. Oh uh, yeah, I'm also that's also my pick as well, Amon Sauce Gardner. Uh, since day one, he's uh, been uh, no doubt the best cornerback, uh, best cornerback, rookie cornerback the whole season. Yeah, so that's my same pick. That was my same pick, Amon Sauce Gardner. All right, uh, so we got the best defender category here. In the NFC, I'm going to go with Nick Bosa, leading the league in sacks with 18 on that San Francisco defense, um, along with Fred Warner. Uh, but Nick Bosa's continued to up, up, step up his game each and every year. Um, hasn't been – I don't think he's been hurt this year. Last year I know he had some injuries, but um, I'm going with Nick Bosa for uh, best defender in the NFC this year. Best defender of, of the NFC this year. We're gonna take a song ready. Song ready 17 sacks this year. Can't ignore that. Uh I'm gonna take a song ready. Been been very good. Gotta give credit with credit due. Um Son Ready been was balling. So 17 sacks, that's a lot of goddamn sacks during the regular season. So see, I don't want to be a homer. <laughs> yeah. No, but like, like <laughs> I understand you didn't want to be a homer. I, I'm not like that either, though. When it comes um, to best defender, we might have the same thing again. Gotta go with sauce. Got to go with Sauce Gardner on the defensive end um, as best defender in the AFC. Uh, best defender in the uh, AFC. I want to go. I'm a, uh, and it's a very underrated. It's a very underrated uh, move that I kind of want to go with. Go with him, and a lot of people don't uh, realize that. Um, I'm gonna I'm go with Matt Milano from Buffalo. So who's the underrated player in the NFC? My underrated player in the NFC, I'm going to go with Tyler Lockett. Nobody talks about Tyler Lockett. 
He is the best deep ball receiver in the game right now over there with Seattle, and nobody talks about Tyler Lockett. Um, he is a, a great uh, receiver, can catch a ball, especially when you need him a deep pass, and he's a definitely good asset over there to Geno Smith in Seattle. So I'm going to go with Tyler Lockett. Uh, overrated uh, player in the NFC uh, for, for me. Underrated? Underrated. Mm-hmm. Okay, underrated A.J. Terrell on the defensive side of the ball just because he plays at Atlanta. Cornerback doesn't get a lot of looks, but just because he, Atlanta sucks so bad, you don't hear, you're not going to hear a lot of them, but he's one of the most underrated, quiet cornerbacks in the NFL. A.J. Terrell is the most underrated defender in the NFC. And on the AFC side, it's funny because you just mentioned him. Matt Milano. Nobody gives Matt Milano credit over there uh, for the for the Bills or his name in general, what he's doing with that defense. Um, so Matt Milano gets my vote being underrated in the AFC side. AFC side, AFC side, AFC side of things. Uh, Garrett Wilson, rookie, New York Jets, had a phenomenal season this year. Phenomenal rookie season, Garrett Wilson. All right, Dante. That's what Dane said. A little interesting, a little fun here. Who had the best celebration? Who had the best? Who had the uh, best uh, celebration? Uh, it's Jerry McKinnon. I love Jerry McKinnon this year. Celebration every time he scored a touchdown. I love his celebration this year. I think Jerry McKinnon had one of the top celebrations this year. Um, I'm gonna go with. I had some. I had some. I had. I had a couple on my list. Um. You know, you can say Jalen Waddle every time he scores, he does the Waddle, which I think is cool. The gritty is getting a little overrated. Now. It's getting too done now. We need no, it's getting too, yeah, it's getting we, need, we need something different now. I'm tired of the gritty now. Everybody doing it. We need something new. Um, but the 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 best celebration that I said, I'm you know what? I'm a, I'm gonna go with definitely Jalen Waddle uh, and his Waddle. Um, definitely original, uh, authentic. You know, it's part of his name. But it's definitely, you know, and no, who's who's thinking about doing a waddle when they when they score in the end zone? Um, <laughs> but I did have Joe Mixon his coin flip when he did on Sunday. That was interesting. Yeah. You know, he was sticking into the NFL in that coin flip. And I had, you know, as much as I hate Dallas, but they tight ends when they hopped in into the Salvation Army bucket and they both in the in the tight ends all day whack them all. That was cool. Um, but I'm gonna give it to Jalen Waddle. Yeah. Who had the best performance of the year? Who had the best performance of the year? NFC and AFC side. I got. To, I actually got two. I got Justin Jefferson. Week one had the best performance out of week one this year for me. Justin Jefferson. It was games that he was literally unstoppable, especially against Green Bay. Justin Jefferson uh, to me had the best performance on Green Bay and against the Colts. Against the Colts, he made a big impact. He also had another two. He had two hundred. I don't know how many two hundred yard games he had. But Justin Jefferson was phenomenal. To me, he had one of the best performances this year. I got JJ as well. Um, that 227-yard game against Detroit. You know he ain't scored no touchdowns. But he uh he had 227 yards. Definitely gotta give it to Jeff Jefferson, Justin Jefferson for best performance of the year. And then on the uh AFC side, you gotta go with Derrick Henry against uh, I think it was your Houston Texans. 20, 20, 32 carries, 229. Um in that in that game, so Derrick Henry gets the uh, gets it for me on the AFC side. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go with. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm gonna take uh, Derrick Henry also. I think Derrick Henry is really really dominant 
You can also uh, take uh, Jalen Waddle as well. He had he has a, a great performance. Garrett Wilson has some moments, but Derrick Henry is a, is a solid option. I'm take, taking Derrick Henry. All right, last one. Who was the game? What was the game of the year for you? Uh, the game of the year. <laughs> oh my God, the game of the year for me. I love the Buffalo. I love the Buffalo. I love the Buffalo at home versus the uh, Dolphins. I had Buffalo at home versus the Dolphins. That was a solid game all the way from start to finish. A very good, very solid game. So I'm going to put uh, Buffalo and Miami on that one. I'm going to take Buffalo, but it's not against Miami, against Minnesota. Okay. I think that was the game of the year for me because that game went back and forth. It went into overtime. You know, uh, Josh Allen fumbling in the end zone, which nobody thought that would happen. Minnesota pulled it off. That game was great from, you know, second half on. Um, I, I think that was one of the best games of the year. Um, definitely Bills in uh, Minnesota gets my book. Bills in uh, Dolphins is good, too. We called that. We actually called that game, too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that game was definitely great. Um, but that's our list. That's our award list for um, the NFL. I'm sure we'll do one for NBA when that comes time. Um, next uh, next show we'll do definitely do our consensus of the NFL. We'll do the we'll do the rookie MVPs. We'll do that all again. Um, but that was just our little spin on things. Um, but head coaches, they got the can. <laughs> coach, you have been talking about this one coach all season long, and here is your time. To talk about Mr. Cliff Stinksbury. I'm sorry, I mean uh Kingsbury. Oh, let's get this going now. So everybody been knowing since the middle of the season. You know, we've been talking about Cliff Kingsbury. This is the same Cliff Kingsbury that can rally make a bowl game with the best quarterback in the league on his football team at Texas Tech. You had the best quarterback and you had the best quarterback in the league. You can only win six games with Patrick Mahomes. You come in the NFL, you have a horrible record. You get the best receiver in football. You handpick your own quarterback and you still suck ass as a head coach. You had probably one of the worst playoff performances as a head coach that anyone probably has ever seen. You have a chance. You pay Kyler Murray. You have guys on the sideline arguing that you jumped in front of. The team quit on you versus the San Francisco 49ers, which is in no way in hell that should be happening. You got players don't want to tackle. You got players not buying in to you, giving up on giving up on the head coach. And it's a travesty. I don't think this man should be a head coach in the league again. Now, if you want, I think I don't think he deserves an offensive coordinator job. He's not a good play caller. The man is not good. And again, this is embarrassing. That 49ers game, he should have been fired that night. He should have been fired that night when nobody wanted to tackle George Kittle. Every time, every 49er that ran the ball, the Cardinals didn't even attempt to try to make a tackle or make any type of an effort to stop a play. Cliff Kingsbury is an embarrassing head coach to the Arizona franchise. 
And he shows time and time again, even with a potentially, Kyler Murray could be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. He really could be. Cliff Kingsbury wasted this man. Cliff Kingsbury is a terrible joke and jerk-off head coach. That's what Cliff Kingsbury is. And like I said, I'm standing by it. He doesn't deserve another head coaching job in the NFL. He's a he's one of the worst play callers in the National Football League. Have no idea how to make adjustments. Uh, no accountability. Cliff Kingsbury stinks as a head coach. He is a bum. He is ass as a head coach. And he does not deserve to be a head coach in this league. And he does not deserve to be a, a, a play caller in the NFL. He is horrendous. He is stink. He needs to go back to college if he want to have any opportunity of coaching again. But NFL players, hell no. Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury fucking stinks. That's the bottom line. Because Coach Dante said so. Cliff Kingsbury stinks. So it is rumored that he doesn't want to – he said he, he has no intention of going back to college play. And it's also rumors that he could be the next offensive coordinator for the Patriots. It's just rumors. Please don't hire him. Don't hire him. Don't <laughs> sign the check. Bill Belichick, he thinks he's horrible. <laughs> um. Also, another coach that got fired, which I think another it happened again. Also, I don't think got a fair shot again in Lovey Smith and the Houston Texans. Whoever takes this Texans job, I feel like the Texans in the organization, you know, you know the Texans better than I do because you're there in Houston. I just feel like whoever comes in, the owners want it the want change done right away. They know it doesn't happen overnight. So for them to go fire Lovey Smith, I don't think they should have fired Lovey Smith. I think the players played great under Lovey Smith. It was offensively. That was y'all issue. I know y'all had some stuff on the defensive side, but the y'all defense isn't that bad. Isn't that bad that other people think because you know y'all was in some games, y'all didn't really get blown out by much in games. Maybe only two games y'all really got blown out by. But your thoughts on Lovey Smith getting fired? Yeah, uh, like I say, I wouldn't be mad if he stayed, but uh, for what I was hearing yesterday, and I know the reports are really actually true. Now that the players are sticking out and the coaches are sticking out, he should be fired. He should have been fired. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you, tell you if I'm gonna just fill it, everybody in on some information what was going on. Uh, the players wanted to make adjustments, and he would not listen to the players. He would not listen to the players. He would not even take a thought process on it uh, to adjust to the players. He was using players the wrong way, like Derek Stingley. Derek Stingley is not his own coverage cornerback. He's a man-to-man -man type of cornerback, and. Uh, Damian Pierce said he could have came back and played. He didn't want to play him. He didn't want to play him. Derek Stingley didn't want to. He didn't want to come back and play him. They could have came back and played on the field. He didn't want to play him. He didn't want to play him. The coaches uh, was uh, going to him personally and telling him, let's try to make adjustments on this and this and that. He did not want to listen to the coaches. He actually ignored everybody in the lot, everybody, and went by his own way. And plus the game that the Texans supposed to tank, uh, he didn't want to. He didn't want to tank. He didn't want to tank. He should have kept Brandon Cooks out of the game. Brandon Cooks already made it be known he doesn't. He ain't gonna be that next year. And I'm happy that he ain't gonna be that. That he's gonna be with a playoff contending team. He doesn't need to be there. Uh, so it was a lot of rumbling going down. Him and Nick Casario 
did not get along from the get go. Uh, well, that's on. I'm putting that on Nick Serio because you know if you and Lovey Smith hasn't got gotten along, haven't saw eye to eye, why the hell did you hire him in the first place? If you know he doesn't see eye to eye, so it was a lot of things went on in the press conference that came out, and I believe this time by the demeanor of Nick Serio and Cabal McNair, whatever coach they get is going to be a, a, a long term answer. I don't think this one is going to be a one and done. They know in Nick Serio, Cal McNair, especially Nick Serio, he knows that. He's got to step it up. He knows he's if he, he's got to get the right head coach and keep them long term. So he knows that a lot of pressure on now. He's on a lot of fire right now. Um, at the and then he came out and said he came out. He already came out. Bob in there, and you know it, it went bad. Bob in there said I'm going to be involved in a part of the part of everything, the drafting, the head coaching search, and everything. You know it's kind of messed up when the owner even saying that since and even coming up and saying that. So. End of the day, uh, I wouldn't been mad. At, like I say, he had to be fired. He had to be fired from the reports I read, and the reports really were true. The players were going up to him and trying to make adjustments and asking him about an idea. He would not listen to him, and the coaches also. The coaches also, and he was basically ignoring everybody and just doing and just giving everybody basically the fuck you. So he, like I say, for what I read and for what I know in the press conference and me being in spaces, you know, with with uh Texans uh people and me talking about that he he should have been fired on that if you you and Nick Casario also played a part in it too because you know if you like if it's just like if me and you wasn't clicking and me and you never saw eye to eye why would I want to be on a podcast with you why would I want to work with you if we don't see eye to eye why would I want to do that so Nick this is Nick Casario doing as well he doesn't uh he this is his doing you know you didn't click with Lovey Smith all last year that goes back when David Cully was fired they never clicked they never had a comp a competent relationship. Well, why did you hire them? Why did you even think about hiring? You should have hired who you wanted to hire last year. But now it's a lot of pressure. He knows it, and he knows he got to get this right. And Bob Manera is going to be a part of the coaching search as well. So with whoever coaches they choose, they're not there. It's not going to be a one and done this time. It's not going to be a one and done this time. It's a lot of pressure on Nick Casario. So you being a Texan fan, and you right there in the and you right there in the city. Who would you want to see in this organization? What kind of coach? Do you want a younger coach? Do you want more of a veteran? Like, what are you? What are you looking for? I mean, the the coaches that's out there right now that the Texans are linked to, they're linked to Jonathan Gannon for the Philadelphia Eagles, Ben Johnson from the Lions, uh, Demico Ryan's, and it was another coach that came up that I forgot. James, I just, Sykin. I, James Sykin, yeah, and it was another one that I uh kind of, that I was looking at in the group chat that the Texans uh you know had wanted to get. Uh, as well, want to kind of get as well. Uh, want to get, I, I believe it was the OC from the New York Giants. His name, Mike, Mike something, Mike something. He's an OC from the Giants, so uh, offense coordinator for the Giants. So, whoever they get, it's not a certain coach. I like, I would really love D'Amico Ryans. I would really love D'Amico Ryans, former Houston Texans, former linebacker, uh, great all pro linebacker. But I'm okay with whatever they get as long as this coach will be here long term to help grow these guys. Uh, you cannot continue to make the same mistakes and have a one-year rental head coach. You got to have some stability in your organization. So whatever the Texans decide to get, I'm fine with it. I'm fine. I'm okay with it. As long as you put this team in a position to improve and win. And it starts by hiring a new the, the head coach and hire is going to tell you and everything they're going to what they want in the draft. So I basically want an offensive guy as well. 
but I wouldn't be mad if we get if we get a job thing, and I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset. I would not be upset whatever coach that they sock the sock again. I would not be upset. And we all know here in Philly, y'all can take Jonathan Gannon if y'all like him. Y'all can take him. Hey, we'll take him. <laughs> got no got no problem with that. He ain't, he wasn't the only problem in Philly. He wasn't the only problem. <laughs> but no, it's definitely going. It, it, you know, if Shane Steichen um, definitely gets picked, you know, you, he definitely can know how to run offense. Look, he's gonna he's gonna run. He, he's going to know, definitely going to know the strengths of whoever your quarterback is running back. He's definitely going to know that I can say. Um, so all I need is that if he comes, he's going to be on a defense. He's not going to be part of the, of the play call. He's going to select the offensive coordinator to come come with him. So the defensive principles basically will be his job. But whoever the Texans does decide to get, you know, I'm I'm fine. I'm fine with it. Domingo Ryan's. I'm jumping out. The, I'm jumping on the top roof if we decide if we do get him. Oh man, um, who else I got here? Aaron Rodgers is he coming back? We all know he got put out. He got put out the playoffs by a Lions team who definitely improved this year. What eight and nine? They are. They were eight and nine. They were nine and eight. Nine and nine and eight. And I said they was gonna be. I said they was gonna win seven games. They proved all of us wrong. Uh, Jamal Williams breaking Barry Sanders' record for touchdowns. Um, that might be. That might be the next jersey I get. Y'all see me sporting the Lions jersey. It's Jamal Williams. Um, but is Aaron Rodgers coming back? A lot of people say they don't know. They 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 don't think he's coming back. Uh, they gave he gave him sign that he wasn't coming back. But I I believe that when I see that I believe he makes stay in Green Bay. Uh, so I'm gonna say yes, he goes back. I don't I believe that when I see it. I believe that when I see it. when I see him leave, that's when I believe it. But. I know all signs. He showed you a lot of signs that he wanted, that he did not want to be there, but he still stayed there. So I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say yes until until it's otherwise. He gave us a lot of signs that he wanted to leave, even when he wanted to be traded. He gave us a lot of signs he still ain't left yet. If he want, Bear Rodgers wanted to leave, he would have been left. He would have been left. Trust me, he would have forced his way out somewhere. But I'm gonna say yes. He he still he stays there until otherwise. And uh, Alan Lazard, I don't think he's coming back either. I think he's uh, he's not coming. Yeah, he's not coming back. He already admitted he wasn't coming back. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I I don't think Rogers is, is done. His ego won't let him be done. But we 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 don't know. Like Kyle said, he is building up the drama. Uh, we just gonna have to wait. We just gonna have to wait. The cliffhanger uh, at the end of the episode is what this is with Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Um, Nathaniel Hackett, uh, Matt Lafleur said he would not be opposed to go back uh, to Green Bay. I think Hackett could be a good coordinator, just not head coach. So, I mean, if you want to go back to Green Bay, let him go back to Green Bay. Yep. Now, Jerry Jones, he already said that Mike McCarthy's job is safe, but somehow, somewhere, I don't believe a thing Jerry says. So, Dante, my question to you is: If Dallas loses this game to Tampa Bay, and old man Brady is McCarthy seat and others in jeopardy. Not just Mike McCarthy, it could be Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn. I think, I think I, I think Dan Quinn is going to go out and get a head coaching job. I really believe Dan Quinn is going to go out and get a head coaching job uh, this year. He's going to look listen to people. He's going to listen to other teams. I believe Dan Quinn will go out probably and get a head coaching job. But I do believe Jerry Jones when he says Mike McCarthy will be safe. I do believe when he says he will actually be safe. 
uh, for Jerry Jones, for Jerry Jones. So I kind of believe that when he said he was going to be safe. But should he be on the hot seat? Yes, he should be on the hot seat if he loses in the first round. He should be that. But for Jerry, Jerry Jones coming out and admitting it, hey, ain't no way in the world. I don't, I don't see him getting off of this word and him saying. I don't know. I just – this is like how do you invest so much in this team knowing you're the owner? Uh, you all know how the Dallas Cowboys franchise is. You, you paying Dak this money and he can't get it done. You paying McCarthy this money. You paying Kellen more money in the offensive if they don't get it done. I, I don't know. Some something about to happen in that organization. I, I believe Dan Quinn's gonna go I believe Dan Quinn gonna go get him a head coaching job. I believe that. I believe he's gonna leave. Uh it's just hard, you know, to see Mike with him already admitting and coming out and saying that Mike McCarthy is safe, it's basically tell, telling everything he's gonna that he he's gonna stay and he's committed to Mike McCarthy, but not Dan Quinn. I think he's leaving. I think he's gone. I think he might change his mind. He'll say that now, but let them see how poorly Dallas does in that playoff and things might change quickly. We might see the next day. He might get his pink slip on the field. Here you go, sir. Thank you for your services, but you can go. Yeah. Uh, I, I still I still think something's going to happen. If, if Dallas don't win the playoff game, something's about to go down. Um, and then we're going to hear all the excuses, all the shoulda, coulda, wouldas from Cowboys fans. I, I, I don't want to hear it. This is – y'all haven't been – y'all haven't won a playoff game in how long? 27 years? Texas got more playoff wins than they do. We got two. So, it's, it's – it's, y'all know y'all supposed to have this elite defense who has been struggling. And Dak Prescott, oh, my God. What, seven, in a, seven weeks, eight weeks now? Where interceptions and his gameplay and and how they looked on Sunday against the third string commanders team. 23 to 6, y'all lose. This is not definitely how y'all want to go into playing Tampa Bay. Now, Tampa Bay's getting hot, especially with a, oh, we didn't talk about that game. I forgot that game was on Monday. Who's winning this game? Tampa Bay or Dallas? And to prove it otherwise, I'm taking uh, Tampa Bay. I'm taking Tampa Bay. And to prove it otherwise, that will be the Monday night game. Uh, exactly. I can't bet on. I can't bet against Brady in the playoffs. We we all know how Tom Brady is in the playoffs. The regular season, something different. But a playoff Tom Brady, knowing he he's, I think he might be getting some of his offensive line back. Leonard Fournette, especially Mike Evans going back off and him clicking again. I can't bet on Brady. I can't. I cannot. I'm gonna go with Tom Brady in the in the in the Bucks here to send Dallas home yet again. Now the winner of that game goes up against Philly. Um, so it could be a rematch of last year's playoffs for for Philly and Tampa, or it can be a third meeting between Dallas. But yeah, I mean, uh, like whoever the lowest seed in Philly plays, the lowest seed. Well, okay. they play the lowest seed. Whoever the lowest seed in, like if it's a seven seed, if they still if they still in, they play the they play the seven seed. The lowest gotcha, seed gotcha. really get the lowest seed in. Y'all get the lowest seed in the playoffs. Okay, so that's Tampa, Bay, Tampa Bay the lowest seed. That's y'all get. Dallas the lowest seed. You know that's who y'all get. But any low seed, Eagles have in the first second round. All right, I got you. All right, so but no, I'm going to Tampa Bay. Tampa yeah. Bay's going to Um, and I still think. McCarthy and them gonna be on the hot. It's just not gonna be McCarthy. Kellen Moore is gonna go too. Yeah. So um because he's the main, he's 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 in the mix too. Um speaking of the Giants, they're in the playoffs as well. They they go up against uh Minnesota. But Brian DeBall, he says that the playoffs is overrated experience. Experience in the playoffs is overrated. Do you agree or disagree with him? Disagree. 
Like, why, I don't understand why would you say it's overrated, though. Like, <laughs> what kind of is why, why is it overrated? You you gotta have you know the experience to get you know into the playoffs. I mean, he's been there with Buffalo as a coordinator, not a head coach. So maybe I don't know if he's is he confusing the two, or I, I would feel like you have to have experience going into the playoffs. Um, either if it's a you know a coordinator, a head coach, something you gotta have some type of experience or know how to work your way around the playoffs. Regular season, something different, but the playoffs you lose, that's it. You don't yeah. go no further. So for him to say it's overrated, I, I definitely don't agree. Now I believe if he said playoff matchups, then I believe I, I agree with that because no matter who you play, no matter who you play, no matter who you no matter who you play, the Giants playing Minnesota, who's been who's uh listed will be a favor of this matchup. I believe the Giants will beat beat Minnesota uh this uh this weekend. And I think that's a good matchup for uh the Giants against Minnesota. Uh, but uh, again, I think he talking about like he say he trying to say matchup wise, you know, it's kind of overrated. And yes, everybody has a chance. Everybody has a chance in the playoffs. It's zero zero once you step in the playoffs. In any type of playoff scenario, it's zero zero. Yes, you can be better in the regular season. Yes, you can have a high seed. But once you get in that playoffs, everything changes. Everything is everything is on an even playing field. Even if you are playing at home. It's even playing field in the playoffs when you once you into that playoff. It's even playing field now. All right, it's definitely so. We got the head coaches, of course. We all got five vacant teams um, that we know of. So we got the Colts, we got the Denver Broncos, uh, Carolina, Arizona, and the Texans. Now, if you're a head coach, what team attracts you more that you would want to coach them out of those five? What what was what's the head coach? So it's um, Denver, the Colts, the Texans, Arizona, and Carolina. Out of those teams who need head coaches, what attracts you more? Uh, I'm going to go with the Colts. I think the Colts is a solid team. I just think they quarter. I think they need a quarterback to get back into that AFC South hunt. I think that the Colts will be uh, a good team. Uh, Denver also will be attractive too with uh, with the right head coach. If Sean Payton is at Denver, I believe Don, uh, Denver will improve. I believe the best play caller was the best play caller in making adjustments, offensive coordinator in the National Football League with Sean Payton. In creative plays and all of that, I believe he go if he goes to Denver, he change, turns Denver around. But the Colts, and a lot of this also depends. Like, again, we we going with everybody going through mock drafts and already, but – it's a stipulation out there, and people may not notice this. Derek Carr is done in Las Vegas. Derek Carr is done in Las Vegas. So a lot of that, a lot of that will turn to see what, what the Raiders do with Derek Carr and where they send him, where they send Derek Carr. So a lot of that, that's where you can figure out what teams will want a quarterback or not. The Derek Carr situation. If he goes to the Jets. Or if he goes to the Indianapolis Colts, now that takes the Indianapolis Colts. They don't need a quarterback. Now you've got the Raiders, that the only team that kind of uh, need a quarterback and want to jump, that kind of need a quarterback. So it just depends on the move and what team that Derek Carr go to in the offseason for a lot of teams to see, uh, a lot of teams to see if they want want a quarterback or not. But I say, like I say, I, I think the Colts will be an interesting job. I just think they that quarterback. That quarterback would be more interesting than anything for the Indianapolis Colts. But if they 
decide to trade for Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr, first time playing around the top 10 defense, playing around the top 10 defense, Michael Pittman Jr., Alec Pierce was an underrated rookie this year. Best one of the top top two running back in football, Jonathan Taylor. Um, a solid defense, Shaquille Leonard coming back next year. Healthy. I believe this close team could be fine next year if they somehow they find a way to get to Derek Carr. Um most attractive, I'm gonna go with, agree with Kyle and say Denver Broncos. Um Russell Wilson, I don't, I don't think he's done. I, I know everybody's right. Yes, he had a horrible season this year. I, I don't think Russell is 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 bad. Is going to be bad next year. I, I don't I, I don't think he's going to be bad next year. Um, right again with the right coach in there to call the right plays. He has a good D. He has a good offense. Uh, Williams will be back healthy next year. Running back, you got Jerry Judy. Uh, you get Tim Patrick back if he can stay healthy. Courtland Sutton. Um, you know, those those guys over there, it definitely can ball out on the offense side. And he has a good defense, minus Bradley Chubb, but still, he has a good defense um, over there in, in Denver. So I, I like Denver. I give him the right head coach who, who can turn him around. He, he is going to be okay. Um, Kyle says Russ was playing better until the concussion against the Chiefs. So um, I, I'm not writing off Russell. I think next year he'll, he'll be better than he was last year. Um, so I'm gonna say Denver um, is a good attractive spot. Now Sean Payton can come back, but you know when he does come back, the Saints still have rights to him, and we would need to trade. Who would offer them a first round for Sean Payton, in your opinion? Ah, uh, it's hard, but it has been done before. For those guys don't know, first round pick has been offered to a head coach before. Uh, the Raiders, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offered a first-round pick to get John Gruden, and it paid off for a Super Bowl with him. So uh, who will offer a first-round pick for them? Uh, I believe uh, – I kind of believe, you know, the Texans got the asset to offer a first-round pick. You can offer the number 12 pick, uh, number 12 pick to them, to them as well, but I don't think the Texans are going to do that. We don't need to do that offer at this moment. We need all the picks that we can kind of that we can kind of get. Uh, but other than that, you um, you have the Denver Broncos. You have the Denver Broncos. I don't know. Do the Broncos have a first round pick? Do they pick in the first round this week, this year? Um, no, I'm not sure. Well, I don't think that offer would get done if they don't have a first round pick. I don't think that offer would be done if they don't have a first round pick. Uh, so like I say, it's gonna be hard. I'm gonna plead the fifth on this one. It's gonna be hard to say who will take them with a first round pick. Get a first round pick for Sean Payton and give up one. It's gonna be hard. So I'm gonna take the uh, you know, plead the fifth on this one. This really is a tough question to ask. Cause you know the Texans have a first round pick. The Browns, the Browns, I don't think they had a first round pick. They lost theirs to the Houston, my Houston Texans. So that would be a that's another uh thing. We don't I think Kevin Stavansky is on a hot seat as well. Um over there. So it's that's a hard question. That's a really a good question, but it's also a hard question to ask because Again, you got oh, you got the Carolina Panthers. You got the Carolina Panthers. They got a first round pick, but I think uh, whether they spend it or not, you know, they can use a first round pick. And Steve Wilkes done a great job with the Carolina Panthers team until Sunday. They, um, I mean, they beat. They still end up beating the uh, New Orleans Saints Sunday. They still they beat. They closed out the season really, really strong. So it's gonna be hard. That's hard. That's, hard. That's a good question, but it's also a hard question to ask. Yeah. 
All right, so the here's the top ten order, well, top eighteen right now. So the top ten is the uh, the, the uh, Chicago, Houston, Arizona's three, Colts is four. Ooh, Arizona, but they're not gonna do it. I don't think they would do it. I don't think they would give up a top three pick. They don't need a quarterback either, though. Denver was gonna be the fifth pick, but they gave to Seattle in that. Hey, that matter of fact, speaking of that, that Arizona pick is interesting. It's really interesting. That Arizona pick is interesting. But then again, uh, the Saints need a quarterback, too. They would need a quarterback, too. So, other than that, that's putting – but they would be behind Houston. So, at the end of the day. uh, So, Seattle's five. Okay. Detroit, six. That might change, though. Hold on. Let me make sure I got the accurate list here. I think Detroit wouldn't pick six. They actually – or is it? Let me make sure. So, all right. Um. Oh yeah, that was right. That was right. Okay. Detroit six. Um. Vegas is seven. Atlanta's eight. Carolina's nine. And then we got the tenth pick. Uh, Eagles got tenth pick from the Saints. Yeah, I believe Arizona will be the the intriguing number one pick to get. You don't need a quarterback. And the head coach is gone, so hey, the closest thing is Carolina, not Carolina, but uh, uh, the Cardinals. The closest thing is the Cardinals right now. Definitely interesting. And then, um, oh, the Lions got two first round picks. Okay. Um, but speaking of the Bears, GM Ryan Poles, Ryan Poles said he's he he said he has to be blown away to pick a QB at number one. For him even saying that, do do the organization not trust Justin Fields? I think they trust Justin. Uh, I don't know. It, it could be signs, you know. It can be signs of that too by him saying that the offer has to be the offer has to be the uh, right offer for them to trade Justin Fields. So that means you probably consider with the right offer of trading Justin Fields. That makes me seem like. You know, on Get Up this morning when uh, Greg Zerline, when Mr. Zerline was talking about that, Mr. Tannenbaum, 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 he was talking about that, that he would trade Justin Fields. He would trade Justin Fields. And that makes it seem like by Ryan Pose coming out and saying that, that if it's the right deal on the table and he's blown away, he would do it. So, no, you can't trust Justin Fields. You can't trust him. But I'm saying that you can't trust You can't trust him. You know you can be a part of Chicago any moment. Any moment now, you know that when he came out and said that if it's the right move, and if I'm Justin Fields and I heard that, I would yo, you that give me, give me up out of here. Give me you, right. you that you crazy entertaining. He was trying to say entertaining the trade. Give me up out of here. Give me up out of here. If he that, said that, give me up out of here. Yeah, it's facts. I, I agree with you there. Yeah. Like you really, you don't, you know, have no faith and trust me. It's bad enough you put me on the field out there with no weapons to put me. No in weapons, no offense. That, yeah. that I have a thousand yards as a quarterback in Russia because yeah. I had to remember. If I'm Justin Fields, yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm gonna show you. Yeah, you get me up out of here. You get, you go, you get Bryce Young. You take Bryce Young. You get me up out of here. You Chicago take fans will have a fit. And you know, we know a couple of them. <laughs> Ooh, Dooley, Dooley, Damien, all of them people. Oh my goodness, boy. They they would have a fit. Um, now Bryce Young is good, but Justin Fields right now is really is better. Is better right now. Bryce Young hasn't played a football game. 
Come on, you'll be outrageous thinking about that. But now that he said that, if I'm Justin Fields, hey, you right, get me up out of here. Trade me. Tannenbaum would trade him. What team is he running? <laughs> so, yep. Kyle, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, if, I, if I'm Justin Fields and I heard that, now that I know he, he said that, he said that if he has to be blown away to trade the uh trade Justin Fields, that let me know that he's gonna he, he could trade him with the right deal. If the right deal was made, he could do it. I'm telling and I'm put I'm putting pressure on him. Hey, you wanna come up? You don't have no faith in me. I bust my ass for this team with no offensive line. I'm running around trying to make a play. Uh I have to play with finding Nemo that can't that hasn't showed up since the rookie since his rookie year. Then Byron Pringle is not even that good. I've got to play with guys like Equinemius St. Brown. I got to play with an inconsistent Cole Clement. And by, and then Darnell Mooney, which was his best weapon, is a number two I receive. Oh, yeah, you, you get me up out of here then. You go ahead and you get me up out of here since you said that. Now, I'm not always be like, I'm not playing another football game for the Chicago Bears. I'm not playing another football game. Yeah, I put pressure on them. Really, I do it. I tell them, trade me. Get me up out of here. I think the Bears should trade back and get more picks. That's the step. Yeah, that's the option. When they got the number one pick, it's already been talked about that they might they can trade that pick back. And that's why Texans fans are really mad that Lovey Smith threw that game for them uh, Sunday because they know the Bears don't need a quarterback. They know they can trade the pick down or either pick Will Anderson, either pick Will Anderson or Jalen Carter with that number one overall pick. So they know – it's a big possibility they can trade the pick down for someone to come up to get a quarterback. But like we all, like I've been saying, hey, you still got uh, C.J. Stroud who's going to declare for the draft. He has not declared, but he's going to. He's going to do that. So C.J. Stroud, you're going to either come out, you're going to come out with, with a quarterback anyway. You're going to come out with a great quarterback anyway. So anyway, those. There are, so before we move on to NBA in your coaches list, um, some more, some more stuff coming out of Arizona's camp. D Hop could be on the trading block. Who would be in the sweepstakes for Darren, uh, Darren Hopkins? The whole, the whole Darren NFL, Hopkins. the whole damn NFL, except the Eagles. Right. The uh, Tennessee, Tennessee needs to get a wide receiver. They can, they can use a, they can use a DeAndre Hopkins. They can use a DeAndre Hopkins. Um. Oh, but I don't want to scare. I don't want to scare people, though. I swear to God, I don't want to scare anybody. I don't really want to scare anybody. I'm telling you, I don't want to scare. And I don't want to uh, just imagine him being on the Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. I don't want to scare Eric like that. I really don't want to do that. But it, it's a habit. Bill Belichick. Yeah, Hopkins go to Kansas City. We might as well just give Kansas City the damn trophy. I'm telling you, uh, you have you have a lot of teams that would entertain that. You, the Panthers could entertain it. They can entertain it as well. With well knowing that he's in his in his up in age in his career, wouldn't he want to go to the, try to go to a contender? Yeah, he would. But I think the Panthers could be good with him and with DJ Moore already being good. That's a number. You getting the number one receiver? You got two number ones all of a sudden with Carolina. You got two number ones. I mean, I mean, I'm not even entertaining. The Colts would be good for him. But hey, I don't want to see him in the AFC South. I don't want to see him in the AFC South playing on the Indianapolis Colts, but it could definitely happen with him. It depends on what the quarterback that they get over there. Uh he he's definitely not the Bears. The Bears need to entertain him, get Justin Fields a weapon. I think the Bears will uh be very good. But uh then again, you're gonna have to give up the first overall pick. 
the first overall pick. They're going to want to entertain the first overall pick uh, for the uh, Arizona Cardinals, for the Arizona Cardinals. So, what if Rodgers decides to come back and Green Bay gets a Hopkins? Yep, Green Bay could be a difference maker because they need a receiver. And Alan Lazard already admitted he's not coming back next year as well. So it's a lot of teams outside of that that can definitely entertain them. The New York Jets, thinking about them, they need weapons, offensive weapons as well. But he's going to want to go to a contending team. But I believe the uh, Arizona Cardinals, they are over, they got his rights, but he, he doesn't predict when he wants to go. Whatever the best deal for the Arizona Cardinals, that's what they're going to send him to. Right. Um. And one more other thing, they're saying that Kyler Murray's going to have some say in the next head coach. <laughs> why would you? Why, why would you leave that up to Kyler Murray? I mean, he's going to have some say, but that don't mean he get he has the final say on that. They got to approve it to him. So you want to try to do whatever it takes to keep your quarterback happy, to keep your quarterback there, keep your quarterback happy. But just because he said they say you know he wants to entertain it. He wants to entertain it and let him be a part of the coaching search. Uh, that doesn't mean they're going to take his word. They're going to go with the best coach for that possibility. Uh, but he, that lets you know he does have an effect on what coach wants that he wants to be there. <laughs> Damien, hey, it's a possibility now that Brian Poles immediately came out came out and said it. If I'm Justin Fields, I'm telling him, yo, you trade me. You trade me. You trade me. You trade me. You go ahead and do it. All right, Coach, before we go into the NBA, we got to see who's number one this week. We got the coaches list, y'all. Let's see who Coach's top playmakers is for the week. All right, so y'all already know, man, Coach Dante come up with his coaches list, man. This list is going to be a good list like it's going to be every week. So uh, so we're going to start with number five. You know, ladies basketball hasn't really been popping like that that much, so I just picked – the pop top performance, you know, that I think that uh, stood out. And so I'm going to go with Notre Dame point guard Olivia Miles. Uh, had a solid week this weekend, 17 points, five assists, six rebounds, a solid guard, one for one from the three for Olivia Miles, uh, the guard uh, out of Notre Dame. So college football basketball for the women really hasn't been, you know, popping like that. So uh, she is the, this is the first time she has made this list. Um, another first timer that made this list. Um, nothing in the NFL really kind of popped out this week. No big numbers like that in the NFL, but this is the biggest number. I was fighting between two people, kind of two people, but I think this is impressive. Uh, Drake London, uh, six catches, 120 yards. I say he had, he has 800 yards on the season. That's a pretty solid year for a rookie. Uh, Drake London, and he also missed a couple of games this year, I believe. I think he missed a couple of games this year, so he probably could have easily went over a thousand. So Drake London at number four, the first time he has made this list. Uh, at number three, college basketball man. Uh, this is the second time I believe this guy made this list. Zach Eady, Zach Eady, uh, the uh, center out of Purdue, the big seven four dude out of Purdue. Uh, thirty points, thirty points, three assists, and thirteen rebounds for Zach Eady. For Zach Eady, had a solid, uh, having a solid year, and he's been good for the Purdue Boilermakers. By the way, Purdue is number one in the nation. Purdue is number one in the nation. So, hey, Zach Eady's a big part of that. What's good, Jeff? Uh, number two, this dude been balling, man. Uh, Jalen Bronson, 44 points yesterday, uh, four assists, seven rebounds for Jalen Bronson. 
definitely, uh, I believe this is the second time on this list, so I'm not mistaken. I might go back and look and see if this is first or the second time, but this is the second time. I believe I'm going to uh, go with this probably the second time Jalen Brunson been on this list or probably the first time. So at number one, uh -oh. Stinson Bennett. That's the biggest stage. So I was fighting between him and Jalen Brunson. But so I'm gonna say I said I'm gonna give a nod to Bennett, the biggest stage, the biggest stage of him. And boy, did he perform. Stinson Bennett, 18 of 25, 304 yards, four touchdowns. You know how many touchdowns he had total? Six, Six. touchdowns in the national championship, two with his legs, uh, three carries, 39 yards. And Stinson Bennett has made this list on has made number the number one pick on this list this weekend. Congratulations to these fellas that made this uh, list. Uh, we got three of them. We got uh, probably everybody was probably first time was on this list. It'll be the first, yeah. first time everybody been on this list. So that is the coach list of this week. We'll see y'all. We'll, the coach's list will be back this coming next coming weekend for you guys. So, yep, those are uh, one through five. All right. Let's see who makes Coach Dante's list next week. But yeah, that was definitely some good ones uh, on that list this week. Um, let's get into the NBA for the next last half here because next on the Sports Empire Network, we got the Big Three podcast uh coming up, so make sure y'all don't want to miss that as well. And, and if you're into tickets, I know playoff time is coming up. Um, uh, NBA, NHL, you name it, we got to make sure y'all go to SeatGeek promo code SE and save $20 on your first purchase, um, as well. So make sure you go to SeatGeek, S-E-N, for the Sports Empire Network. And also um, save yourself $20. Now the NBA definitely got interested. Some things is happening. We get Steph Curry back. Steph Curry comes back. KD will be out for at least a month. Dante, how is that going to affect the Nets? <laughs> it may affect them. It is going gonna, gonna to affect them pretty much a lot. Uh, I don't know how much it's going to affect them with Kyrie Irving still in the lineup. I think they still can win some games, but they definitely need KD if they want to uh, get anywhere near championship contender or get anywhere near past the first round. So this could be a big loss for the uh, Brooklyn Nets, him being out for being out for that period of time. But the goodest thing about it, you got Kyrie back playing basketball. That's the biggest thing. So uh, when Kevin Durant go down, you got someone that can put the ball in the basket when you need them to. Other guys gonna have to step up and make uh, make some key shots and make some plays. So uh, it's gonna definitely play a part. But if they're gonna win a champ, get close to a championship or Eastern Conference Finals, uh, any opportunity of beating any one of the top four seeds in the Eastern, be anyone at the top, they gotta have Kevin Durant. I definitely agree with you on there. And they've been balling um, as of late. One of the hottest teams in the NBA right now. Um, definitely going to miss KD. So they definitely going to need somebody else to step up. Um, whether it's TJ Warren, Ben Simmons, who who knows? Kyrie going to have to take that team on his back and uh, carry him. Jonathan Isaac, when's the last time you heard him, Dante? 2019, he had a severe knee injury. He will return. He's going to go to the D League over there in my in, um, Miami or Orlando, somewhere around there, um, to see if he can actually come back and return. Good or bad idea? Plead the, I'm going to plead the field. <laughs> 2019. Since 2001, how long have you been out? 2019. Four years? 
Yeah, I played the field. He can't. He can never stay on the court anyway. Never stayed on the court. Um, but we'll, we'll definitely. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't say how he's gonna be. How is he gonna be or anything? I think it's gonna be hard. He hasn't played basketball in four years. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> it's hard to answer that clip. Like we, he definitely can't stay. He definitely can't no. stay on the court. Um, two more things I found out that was interesting. Um, the NBA, the Hawks want a Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell type deal for John Collins. Are they serious? <laughs> like, who? What team is going to do that? Nobody. Nobody ain't even be able to do that. How, how, how long has John Collins been on his trading block of the Nets? Like, it seems like every year they haven't traded him. Every year. And he's not worth that. He's not worth that. He's not worth no package like that. Come on now. Come on now. Just, he's not worth no package like that. No, he's worth at least a second round pick at best. He's not worth no damn package like that. Bruce Gobert is barely worth that package. He's not even worth all that. We're not going to talk about Gobert. Y'all, you know how much I despise Gobert <laughs> and passion. Oh my God. I can't I can't stand it. Yeah. Steph Curry comes back and he goes up against the Suns tonight. And the Suns has been god awful. Does <laughs> does it continue? Yes, it continues tonight. Yes, it does. They needed Steph Curry back, they, and they was able to get uh get some wins with Jordan Poole at the helm. So yeah, if the Warriors can stay healthy, I still think that it could be a threat. If the Warriors can stay healthy, um, yeah, most definitely the Warriors. They definitely needed a uh, Curry back. Uh, they have him back in the lineup. Poole, you know, Steph Curry, uh, Draymond Green, Clay can only do so much, but having Steph Curry back definitely is going to be a plus for them. Um, Anthony Davis. He's going to be coming back in soon. Will this help the Lakers try to push for a play-in? Of course. All, all the Lakers, all, all the Lakers, for them to go places and for them to be even in contention of a playoff spot, Anthony Davis has to be on the floor. And he has not proven to be on the floor for the Lakers. But granted, even when he's on the floor, they still find ways to struggle. They still find a ways to struggle when he's even on the floor. So other than that, you know, um, hey, uh, they're not a solid team with them, with them, but they even worse without them. But at the end of the day, uh, you need Anthony Davis to make a playoff run. You're definitely gonna need Anthony Davis to be on the floor. Most definitely, you definitely do need an AD and the Oklahoma City Thunder. They are two games, two games out of playing contention. Do you see the Thunder possibly making a play in and possibly getting into the playoffs? I, I can see a I can see them possibly making a play in. I can see them possibly making a play in. I could do. I can definitely see that. Do you see them getting out of the play in, getting in that last and final eight or seven seed? No, I don't see them getting that far up. I believe they can get ninth. Well, matter of fact, yes, I can see them get ninth. I can see them get ninth, but that's still in playing contention. If you even intend, you still in playing contention. So yes, I can see them getting other in between uh ninth. I can see them getting between eighth and ninth. I don't believe they will be seven. Get up there to seven. <laughs> Shut up, David. <laughs> oh man. All right. So the NBA survey came out today. 
um, for the best position. So we gonna talk and debate. And <laughs> well, damn, for real, Damien, did you like? So, did you have your ESPN senses? We talking about the Thunder, and here comes Koo coming right on in. Um, but now we're gonna talk about the N- N- NBA media survey for the best player in the position. Um, so they said the best player at point guard is Luka Doncic. Yes, right now. Point uh, shooting guard, they got Donovan Mitchell. Right now, yes. Small forward, Jason Tatum. Small forward, yes, as of right now. So let me find out you might agree with this list here. Yeah. Uh, forward, power forward, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, it's it's obvious, of course. It's obvious, yeah. And center, Kola Jokic. I'm gonna go. I think uh, as he's playing better basketball, but in reality, I'm gonna go with Joel Embiid. I think he's the better center. I think Joel Embiid is better is a better center than uh, Jokic. But right now, Jokic playing better basketball. All right. So let me actually go to the. Uh, they got more stuff to talk about. Hold on. Let me see where. Okay. So who's been the best point guard this season? Of course, Luka Donich is at 80%. Uh, they got Steph Curry. Of course, he had 10 because he was hurt. They got John Morant, 7%. Tyrese Halliburton came in fourth with 3%. Uh, who's been the best shooting guard? It's been, Don- it's been Donovan Mitchell. Book is at uh, number two. Tied for three uh, is Jalen Brown. Um, small four, uh, Jalen, uh, so it's Steph shooting guard. Small forward, it was between Jason Tatum and Kevin Durant. Um, best power forward, it was Giannis, KD, then Zion. And they didn't do the center part. Oh, and then it was uh, Nikola Jokic, and then Embiid was under him. So that was your uh, your cry, your, your list there. Uh, we're talking about Thunder 1528, Joker can stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, we all know Embiid has his issues and flaws when it comes to staying healthy. Uh, but for the most part, he has been. I know he's been out a couple games with his foot or whatnot, but you cannot deny the fact that he is a dominant force at the center position. We all know what Jokic can do. I'm not taking that away from anybody. But um, so they got yep. the top 20 list. Of NBA players, number one is Giannis, two is uh, Joker, number three Steph, four Luca, five KD, six MB, Tatum is seven, LeBron at nine, at eight, AD nine, Zion's ten, got John Moran at eleven, Book is at twelve, Donovan Mitchell's thirteen, SGA is at fourteen, Paul George fifteen, Zach Pascal, I mean, uh, mm, Pascal Siakam. Is at 16. Jimmy Butler's at 17. They got Dame at 18. Harden is 20. I mean 19. And Halliburton is 20. Agree yeah. or disagree with that list? I think I think uh what they got Donovan Mitchell at 13. I think I think him and SGA should be higher. I think they should be a little bit more higher. I think uh I think uh they should be able uh I think uh they should uh one of them should be able John Morant has had a huge Drop off this year, he has definitely had a huge drop off. I think one of them should be over John Morant as of right now. Better basketball player, I think they should be uh, over John Morant. Would you bring AD down? 
since he hasn't been playing? Since he hasn't been playing, yes. I will actually bring him down. Yes, when he was on the court, he was dominant, but come on, he stays injured too much. So I will actually play, I will actually go Donovan, I will actually put Boo Donovan Mitchell and um uh, and Shea Gilders Alexander up there. But you know would they're you, not would you move Donovan and SGA on over Book and Ja? Because they're Ja's eleven and Book's twelve. I will I think they're playing better basketball than both of those guys. I will actually move them up a spot ahead of them. Makes sense, definitely makes sense here. Um, in today's matchup games, we got tonight. Um, we got seven games. Pistons goes up against the 76ers. We got the Heat go up against the Thunder, Hornets and Raptors. Donovan Mitchell goes back to Utah for the first time this season. Um, so Utah and the Cavaliers. We got the Warriors and the Suns. Coach Dante will be doing that game uh at 10 o'clock Eastern time. So go over to this channel. Uh, as he's doing the play-by-play. -play. We got the Magic and the Trailblazers and the Clippers and the Mavs. Um, lines up for the lineups in this night's slate. Um, we got a little bit more time. We got some MLB news. Carlos Correa. <laughs> Carlos Correa, in my opinion, is damaged goods. Let's go through this timeline here, Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa leaves the Houston Astros to go to the Minnesota Twins because he thought he was going to get a better opportunity and a chance at some type of playoffs. But long and behold, Minnesota ain't do good. So, you know what? He said, you know what? I want to test the free agent market. So he tests the free agent market. Who does he get picked up by? San Francisco. They offer him this big, huge contract. He accepted. The Giants said, hold up, hold up, not so minute. Wait, wait, wait. Let me put my two cents in it. They looking, you know, you know what? This report here, injury reports looking mighty long. Every year that you've been playing that uh baseball, you've been on the injury list. And they was looking at his ankle injury. Mind you, he wasn't even in the major leagues yet. He was still with the Houston Astros farm system. They noticed his ankle injury. So they postponed his his press conference. Long and behold, in the thief of the night, Steve Cohen comes in that exact same day that the Giants did not want to offer him money. What do they do? The Mets offer him a big contract. We're going through this all over again. All right, cool. He's going with the Mets. He's going to sign this big deal. Hold up. Wait a minute. Mets said, nope, same deal. He's, not, he's no longer going to be with the New York Mets. He's back with Minnesota. So he signs, a, he signs a $200 million deal to stay to go back to Minnesota. Coach Dante, after all that, Carlos career damage goods. Can he only stay in Minnesota? Yep, he can only stay in Minnesota. He can only stay in Minnesota. And guess what? When you leave Houston, guess how much of a drop-off you be? Just every bit of Carlos Correa has been. So enjoy you, your, your, your uh, time over there in Minnesota. Enjoy your time over there. Uh, like I say, again, Carlos got nothing but much, much love and respect for Carlos Correa. Um, you wouldn't have had this problem if you decided to stay in Houston. If he did decide to stay in Houston, but other than that, you know, just them go to 14 million, go to 14 years, all of, and 300 mil, all the way down to 200 because don't know anybody. Yes, 200 million six years, six years, and you had no choice but to take less money because Minnesota wasn't offering you a, a lot of years and a lot of that money, so he had no choice. So he that means he can only Minnesota were really the only team he can actually go to. And the Giants came out and said not only 
If Carlos Correa could have waited for the Giants, because the next day they would have gave him a press conference. They just wanted him to be clear. Uh, but he didn't want to do that. He was afraid that the Giants was going to take a little bit off. He didn't want that to happen. And he go the Mets jump in there. They offer him this big money, this money less. They offered him less than the Giants offered him. The Giants offered him more out of all two of these teams. The Giants offered him way more money, and all he had to do was stay with the New York Giants. So the Giants, New York Giants, I mean, not the New York Giants, San Francisco Giants, uh, felt like that Carlos Correa wasn't uh, like that, wasn't loyal to them, and didn't want to own, didn't want to uh, be that with them because all they had to do was say, wait, man, we're going to do the press conference to uh, the very next day. We're already going to have it set up. Now he all of a sudden he decides to leave, and now the same shit has happened in New York. Now New York thought they had the McCullough's career all of a sudden. Now back to square one in Minnesota, which is a team. If I was Minnesota, I would have left him out there because if he had every intention to leave Minnesota. He had every intention to leave. So Minnesota got that desperate to sign him back. Yes, you got Christian Vasquez. But other than that, that's not going to help him win the uh, AL, AL Central. That's not going to help him win. So other than that, then they lost Giovanni Urshela. They lost him as well to the Anaheim New York. I mean, to the Los Angeles Angels. I mean, that's a mess. Carlos Correa, right now, that's a mess. That situation is a mess. You went from 14 years to $300 million, $314 million. So all the way now you can play, you getting paid a hundred more, uh, $114 more less. Man, that's crazy. That's crazy. And he had every intention to leave Minnesota too. And Minnesota went on and paid him that money. So he can um, so he's gonna sign six years, 200 million pending physical. The deal can be reached up to 270 million with vast and options for four additional years. Um, so yeah, that, that's Carlos Correa for you. This all started back October 13th. He opted out of his contract. Two year, two months later, he signed a 13-year deal, 350 with the Giants. Of course, the concerns over the physical. Then that exact same night, he signed with the Mets 12 years to 315 mil. Christmas Eve, the Mets decided they had concerns with the physical. And now here we are, January 10th. He signs back with the with the <laughs> with the Minnesota Twins. Um that's just crazy. Um, right now at the voting, they did vote for Julio Rodriguez to be on the cover. Of MLB the show 2023. Um, did you have it? Do you think anybody else besides Rodriguez should be on that on that cover? I, I thought it was a great move. I thought I'm not mad at it. I thought it was a solid move. I thought uh I thought he should have been, I thought he should have uh definitely been uh a part of that, been on there. I'm not mad at that at all. Julio Rodriguez is a uh up and coming stud, he's a stud in this uh league. So at the end of at the end of the day. Uh, yes, I believe he deserves to be on that. I like the move of him being on the cover. He had a great rookie season. He had an awesome rookie season, so I'm definitely not mad at it. Dang, the White Sox are just losing everybody. Johnny uh, Kudo went to Miami. Yeah, Damien, shut up and stop talking. Uh, Brandon Belt, he goes for one year. Hey, did Pollock leave too? Did Pollock leave too? Huh? Did Pollock leave too? I'm not sure. AJ Pollock, I heard that he left. Did he get traded somewhere? Uh, uh, Brent Phillips, he signs a one-year deal with um, the Angels. 
Um, thoughts and prayers to Liam Hendricks. Um, you know, he he's gonna be he's gonna miss time because he was you know diagnosed with cancer. Uh so prayers uh thoughts goes out to Liam Hendricks. Um Kyle said yes. Pollard they go. Yeah, Damien, talk now. Say something now, Damien. Shut oh, up. Oh, yeah, he did. He went to Seattle. Shut up, Damien. He ain't got nobody. But um, let's go break down the AL now. We did the NL. We did the NL. Um, thoughts on the offseason and who is going to win that division. Um, so, again, in the AL East, we got the Yankees, the Blue Jays, Tampa Bay, Baltimore and Boston. We all know the Yankees uh, re-signed Aaron Judge. Toronto, what did Toronto do this offseason? I didn't write none of this down. I ain't gonna hold you. I had I, I wasn't prepared for this this topic this week. Um Tampa Bay, um, you know, they didn't really make they made some noise. Uh we all know Boston um re-signed uh who did they get? Did they resign yeah. Raphael Devers? Yeah, yeah, they resigned him. Um, but who was the big offseason um winner in the AL West or the AL East? Uh, well, you got the best player back in that division, Aaron Judge. You did get the best player, but outside of him, you oh, uh, you did get Carlos Rodon, who's going to improve the pitching staff a little bit more. He did; he's going to pitch. But outside of Aaron Judge, they're going to start have they have the same batting lineup. They didn't make no improvements in the lineup in the batting order. Uh, they did lose; they did end up losing Benintendi, uh, in Andrew Benintendi, and it's rumored out there like it depends on what Brian Reynolds because it's rumored uh, Brian Reynolds is out there. Uh, they willing to give up. They may be willing to give up a house for Brian Reynolds. So if they get him, I would say they won. They they will they won the trades. They won the offseason for the NL for the AL uh East. But uh I think I'm a I got I got to give the other hand to the Blue Jays. Uh to the Blue Jays. Uh they did get Dalton Barsho. Uh they got they got better at that position. Uh you still yes, you did let go top Teosco Hernandez to the uh, Mariners, which is the Mariners are looking really good this year. Uh, with AJ Pollock and with him in the lineup, that improved their hitting and their lineup a little bit. Uh, Matt Chapman is a Gold Glove winner for uh, the Toronto Blue Jays as well. Uh, so I believe Toronto uh, is a is a is a winner in this scenario. You can definitely say the Yankees uh, with the uh, with the move by Carlos Rodon and re-signing Aaron Judge. That's something that they desperately need to do. But the lineup. But the lineup, again, the lineup is the same. The batting lineup is the same. The pitching improved, but the batting lineup is where the uh, trouble is going to come for the Yankees. So, like I say again, uh, the Boston Red Sox lost D.J. Martinez. They, I think they lost Tucker Barnhart. They did lose him as well. They re-signed Raphael Devers. Uh, they lost Xander Bogart. So, they kind of lost a lot. They lost a lot. They lost a lot as well. Uh, pitching. They lost Eric Hosmer too. They did lose Eric Hosmer. They lost off at absolutely a lot. Um, Volpen help. You know they got better with Kelly Jansen at the Volpen help, but other than that, you know don't see them being scary in the AL East. Baltimore uh, is on the up climb. I'm gonna have to give it to the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, the Blue Jays actually did pick up a lefty that they needed to. They got better. Um, 
as well. Who's winning this? Who's winning the East? I will still say the Yankees. I will still say the Yankees. But I think the batting lineup is an issue. I think the batting lineup is really an issue. I think the pitching is going to improve. Of course, you got Carlos Renan is going to improve. But when you're going up against a good lineup like the Astros, who can hit at any point of time, and the Yankee and someone that in a team that knows how to pitch, that knows how to really pitch uh, to the Yankees, that could be troubling for the batting order. Uh, the Mariners' improvements, the Mariners improving too, so that can hurt the Yankees. But I still will say the Yankees in the NFC, uh, AFC East. I still say they will win in the uh, division. I uh, think the Blue Jays will come in second, and I think the Orioles will finish behind the Blue Jays. And you, you do, um, uh, you got, I mean, I forgot, I forgot. You got the Tampa Bay Rays in there, my bad. I keep forgetting, I keep missing the team. So you got the Tampa Bay Rays uh, right there. I believe they're going to be on a uh, decline a little bit. So I'm going to have Toronto finishing over them. I'm going to have, uh, I really think, you know, the Baltimore Orioles are coming, but I got to see one more year. But I I, I got the uh, Tampa Bay Rays finishing in third. And I got Baltimore. Uh, I got Baltimore finishing over Boston. I think Boston is going to finish last in the uh, AFC in the AL East. All right, y'all. There you have it. We got another seventy-two hundred seconds in the books. Um, I'd say any last words, you know, before we roll out of here. Anybody you got to put on the grill besides Clint Kingsbury and all that other stuff? Uh, nah, like I say, Cook Kingsbury is the only rant I wanted to get on because, like I say again, Cook Kingsbury is horrible. He's a horrible head coach, and he's a horrible play caller. If he has any chance, he needs to go back to college, coach kids. Grown men are not for Cliff Kingsbury, and it has been proven time and time again that Cliff Kingsbury does not deserve a head coaching job in the NFL. And he cannot handle a locker room. So other than that, it's been a great show and happy NFL Sunday, NFL football. NFL football will be coming this weekend. Playoffs will be coming. Baseball will be kicking up the high gear soon uh, in the month of April. Training camp, I believe, starts soon. Spring training starts soon, starting pretty soon as well. And we're in the middle of the NBA season. So very happy, very happy to be on here. Very happy. We're on our way to 60 episodes. Uh, but like I say, hey, uh, happy, happy, very happy. Yeah, most definitely. Don't forget, uh, coming up at seven o'clock, the Sports Empire Network, we got the big three with Kyle Edwards and the crew. Um, so make sure y'all tune over there for that. Again, make sure y'all go to Seeky, put some promo code in SEN, save $20 uh, on your first purchase. Um, but yeah, you know, we here. Each and every Thursday, uh, Tuesday. So make sure y'all come on back. But we are going to head on out of here. What's going on? Um, still yes, need to be on the grill for that. Yeah, I don't know if y'all seen that, but that was definitely a dumb move there. I don't know if y'all seen that celebration when they did this. Thank you for listening to the 7200 Second Podcast with Key and Coach Dante. Make sure you leave that review. Let us know what we're doing. And again, thank you for listening.